Welcome to the Anchor slash Corner Stoop. It's your boy, LeVar. I have a very, very special guest today. Someone who's near <clears throat> and dear to my heart. Excuse me. <clears throat> this pollen's got my, my allergies and my throat like all jacked up. I, I, I don't understand pollen, but that's nature. But back to the, the, the Corner Stoop, I have Ms. Sheena McLeod. She's someone that I've known ever since she was running around, you know, family reunions, you know, she was like well above her age range and being mature and, you know, um, knowledgeable and wanting to be success. So welcome to my podcast, my podcast. Ooh, this pollen's got me. I don't know what's going on. Machina McLeod, how, how are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. Oh, most deaf, most deaf. Like I said, I was going through, you know, people's stories that I've known, like, firsthand. And I was like, who better that I know that's been through some things and now is achieving and striving but you? So um, give us a little... Um, um, a little bit about you, you know, um, where are you from, um, what inspired you, um, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so I am from the little town of Landis, North Carolina. However, our mailing address is China Grove, but I was um, raised in Landis, North Carolina, Um Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but some people who are going to be listening and be like, Landis, China Grove, what, <laughs> what kind of names are those? So kind of explain where Landis and China Grove fits in. So Landis and China Grove is, um, they're about 30 minutes north of Charlotte and uh, about 15 minutes south of Salisbury. So Charlotte is the closest major city. So the two major cities that Landis and China Grove is in between would be Greensboro, North Carolina and Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, okay. Now, <clears throat> I know my peoples that are out in California that listen and Nebraska, they're going to go find North Carolina and be like, oh, hold on, let me get in a magnifying glass. Is that it right there? <laughs> <laughs> North Carolina, we're on the East Coast. We're holding the East Coast down. It's a beautiful state. Right, right, right. So um, tell me, like, you growing up, what was, like, an inspiration to, quote-unquote, stay out of trouble? What, what kind of inspired you to do that? Um, well, to be my inspiration to stay out of trouble was my mom and dad, who was some troopers. They didn't play with raising their children. You know, um, they wanted their kids to to grow up and you know be successful, um, do better, and have better than they had, which most parents want that wants that for their children. Um, but my biggest inspiration was um, just just seeing how we live, some of the struggles as a kid. You still really don't know the the truth behind the struggles that your parents are going through because they try to make your your life, excuse me, as happy as possible as a kid because kids, we just wasn't in our in adult business. Let me say it that way. 
Um, but I did notice the struggles because the older you get as a child, you do start to naturally notice things. Um, so I knew neither my mom nor father went to college. And at that time, I had older sisters that were like 12, 14 years older than me that they did not go to college neither. Now, I did have one sister that went, but um, she dropped out after like a semester. So I really wanted to be the first to not only go to college, but to graduate from college to try to break that, that generational curse that some people would state. Um, so I did just that. I took college prep classes throughout high school, as well as played sports. Um, and then I went to college at North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride, um, <laughs> took on studies there for business management. And I also obtained an um, entrepreneurship certificate. Um, and then after I graduated, I've always set goals for myself because having something that you're working towards helps you accomplish it in life versus just always saying you're going to do something. You should always write it down. So you have that everyday reminder um, that you're working towards something when God gives you that extra breath in your body to live another day um, to work towards your successes and goals. Um, so after I graduated, the, the market kind of started to crash. So I told myself that if I didn't get a job within my field, I didn't get a job um, that I was more so aiming for, that I was going to go ahead and get my master's degree. So um, I started getting my master's degree. So by the time I was 23 years old, I had my master's degree. So my inspiration just came from wanting to do better. So I heard you say something about setting goals. What was like, how many goals did you set that you felt like it was going to be realistic and then goals that were set that was like, uh, if I achieve this and I achieve it? Um, with me being that young, um, setting goals, I always heard, you know, people say set short-term and long-term goals. Um, the realistic part didn't come to probably when I was like, mid 20s so then when I first started setting goals I was just trying to um set goals definitely that was obtainable especially when they're short term because you don't want to put a goal out there that your life isn't even involved in anything close to you getting to your goals so you definitely want to be realistic that's very important so for me um going into high school because I knew I had made up my mind that I was definitely going to go to college by any means necessary. And I knew I was going to have to get student loans and try to, you know, go for scholarships as well. I took it upon myself to say, well, I need to start prepping myself. So I, I told myself going into high school that I wanted to take college prep classes. I needed to make sure I um, maintained a, a B average, um, didn't want to have anything underseas going into college and playing sports because I knew that if I could maintain being an athlete and maintain keeping my grades up, then I wouldn't struggle in college because I'm starting to help myself develop that discipline that's needed. Um, because when you go to college, you don't have anyone on your shoulders telling you to wake up. You need to get to class. You need to do your assignments, your reports. You don't have that. So I just set goals to start teaching myself how to be more independent, um, how to make sure my work was done. Um, and every time I, I accomplish a goal, I would check it off and I would add a new one. So I wouldn't let my goal list just get to where nothing was on there. I always kept something on there to work towards. 
I love that. I love that because a lot of um, young ladies, they do set goals and sometimes they set their goals too high and that they don't achieve. And they're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I, I'll, I guess it, it's not meant for me. And I, I, whenever I speak to some of these young ladies, especially the ones that I train, I'm like, look, set a five-year goal and make sure that five-year goal is realistic. You know? Right. So, um, you know, one of my kids was like, oh, I'm going to marry a rich person. <laughs> and I'm like. Sounds oh. good. Not realistic. <laughs> right, right. They, they think, um, oh, this quick money and fast money, I'm going to have this best life and I'm going to boom, 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 be happy. And I'm like, you know how many rich people aren't happy? It, it, yeah, it, money doesn't buy happiness. And that's something that, you know, us as adults, we have to start teaching the younger kids that, especially with the way um, social media and the internet is so prevalent to them at this point, that is raising our kids more than, quote unquote, the school used to be. Because when your parents are working, they're working. So parents spend a lot of hours away from their kids. So the influences are out there and influences um, happen faster because of that. But we as adults have to start teaching kids that um, money doesn't buy happiness and anything that's easy to come by isn't worth having because you're not going to appreciate it and it's not going to be there long. So if you didn't have to work hard for it to get it, it's irrelevant at that point. Leave it alone because it's not going to be there long lasting. It's going to be a vapor. It's, it's going to be here one moment and the next moment it's going to be gone. I'm glad you brought up the internet because we grew up, we had the dial up where you had to sit there and <laughs> dial up a couple of times and hope they connected and you was like one moment you was like yay like dancing around then all of a sudden it'd be like disconnected and you're like oh my god what and then you have to dial up again we didn't have you know social media influences like now like a lot of especially these young ladies um they they want to be tiktok famous or instagram famous yeah what would you say to those young ladies as far as like um, trying to be Instagram or TikTok famous? Um, from one, I would say to them to, um, to find their self-worth. Um, because you, ha you have to love yourself and be a leader and not a follower. And so the reason why I said find yourself worth is because you're looking from the outside in and it's really a fairy tale because you really don't know that person. You really don't know how they're living. You really don't know what they're going through. Um, so the internet, TikTok, all can make things seem like glitz and glam, but there's a dark side to this quote unquote entertainment world, which includes the, the TikTok um, and Instagram models and things. It's not what it's cut out to be and at the end of the day that's going to end um what what will you have to fall back on so don't chase someone else's dreams find your own and chase your own because chasing someone else's dream and trying to be like someone else you're going to turn 40 years old and still be lost in life so work on your your, your self-love find find what your meaning is in life and give your all to that and with that you're going to be successful all within yourself you're going to be 
happy with who you are. It's not going to be easy for you to be sad down and depressed because you actually found your self-worth and you're doing what makes you happy in life and not what you think the world or the others won't. It shouldn't matter what people on the outside think or feel about you. It matters first and foremost how you feel and think about yourself. Yes, yes. That's, you know, coming from a male, a lot of the females are like, oh, coach, I'm, I'm going to use my kids, for example. They're like, oh, coach, you just don't understand. You know, it, it's really not that bad. It, you know, um, I, I can do both, be, you know, Instagram famous and plus be a basketball player. And I'm like, but you have to realize <clears throat> fame comes with a price because a lot of these young ladies like I have one or two that get on and they do all these crazy dances and you know 12 13 14 years old and they're doing yeah type of stuff and I'm like look be a little kid enjoy life go out if basketball is your passion you got to play basketball and concentrate on basketball because now coaches and jobs are looking at your Instagram, they're looking at your Facebook. Oh yeah, it, it's defining you when the sad thing about it is that's not who you really are. Right. It's a cover up, it's, it's a, a cover up. And you know, like I said, it goes through these influences and it's sad, but the question would be that we need to start asking them now is the why? Because the disconnect happens somewhere. Why does all these kids want to be TikTok and Instagram famous? Why? Well, let's go back because the way we were raised was, you know, our family made sure, like our parents made sure we, you know, were doing our homework and we never got to watch TV or go outside until our homework's done. Now, a lot of parents are like, all right, go play on your tablet, get out my face or, you know, go watch TV, get out my face. So I, I think it evolves around social media um, is raising our kids now. Right. It can, it, it is definitely that. Um, we, we stated that, that that's clear. That's exactly what's happening. But we can't assume that's what we make a mistake in in life. All humans do. Assuming something instead of just asking to find out what it is. Because we can say that we know that the the social media inspirations are out there that it is, you know, inspiring these kids, having these kids, motivating them for real to, to want to be like that. So we need to start sitting the kids down and ask them why, because like you said, the parents are, you know, you have some parents out here pushing their kids to it just so they don't have to worry about them. But then why? Because some of the kids, why might shock you? We don't, we can't assume that all kids want to be like that because they want to be famous or they want everybody to know them or they feel like, oh, that's going to get me rich. It could be the majority of the answers, but we should start asking why and asking why and actually listening might, you know, unveil something that's, that's deeper than that because everybody wants acceptance first and foremost. And that's where it comes back from too. Like we just said, the parents are saying, go do, you know, go get on your phone or go get on your tablet, go do something where us, it was go outside um, so with that, is it because that's what my parents pushing me to? So I want to be accepted and I'm getting all these likes and I have all these followers. Um, or is it that, you know, it's one person that 
is inspiring them or they do something that they like and that they see it made that person famous. Because if that's the case, you got to develop your skill for something that you like because you're setting yourself behind following and mimicking what this person does. But if your interest in, is in that, let's find you a mentor so somebody can help you develop your skill. Right, right. <clears throat> so let's switch gears. Um, let, let's go with the job field. Um, I know that you and I had talked previously in the past about you um, starting your own business and, and working your own business. Um, what, what was your experience in the workplace that kind of pushed you to start your own business and, and work for yourself? Hmm, where to start? It, 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 um, let's say, okay, I stated that by the time I was 23, I had my master's degree. Right. Um, having degrees is great, but for me, it was that self-satisfaction. Um, yes, it should have been able to get me into a career that's supposed to be great, quote unquote, the, the American dream, one of the American dreams that's, that's you know, misleading, you know, go to college, get your degree, you're going to do well in life, you're going to, you know, make good money to where your family's not going to struggle. Right. Okay. <laughs> false. That was false, you know, especially for when I went, um, the, um, the economy crashed. So, you know, you had CEOs losing their jobs, you know, the, the world just got very chaotic. So for me, graduating and that happening, I wasn't about to find nothing anyway. Right. But when I did, being an African-American female um, with an education, not just a bachelor's degree, but a master's degree became very intimidating to a lot of those that surrounded me. Um, so I did start working in insurance back in like 2011 um, for one of the major insurance companies out there. And at that time, not even within a, a year of me being there, I started facing challenges because, you know, I'm a go-getter. Like I said, I set goals. So I'm in there to try to go ahead and start accomplishing what I set myself out to do just to keep finding, you know, roadblocks, you know, brick walls built up. You know, you're speaking to your manager. They say you got to speak to your manager before you apply for a job and things like that. So, you know, I'm going through the protocol of the company. But, you know, when you're sitting there, um, as a young girl, you know, pretty much knowledgeable, do your job great, you show up on time, you, you do awesome, you know, you're one of the, the top people within, the, within your department, and your manager looks at you and say, well, you don't qualify for this job, you can't apply for it. And so, you know, the question mark eyeballs come out like, hmm, what you talking about? Oh, you have to have a degree. Okay, well, great. That's taken care of. And, and they're looking at you like, you have to have a degree. Like they say it again, like, like you're the person that's not intelligent enough in the room. Right, right. So, you know, it has to be a reminder of not only do I have a degree, I also have my master's. Right. And so then it's like, oh yeah, but you knew this because you met with me when I first got on your team to find out what my inspirations were working for the company to know in advance if I had degrees or not. So, you know, with that being said, that didn't just happen one time with this company. 
every time I was ready to apply for a new position, I was told I did not qualify because I needed to have a degree. So no matter what the paper said, no matter what my resume said, in their mind, they was going to make it that I didn't have a degree as if my education didn't cause this wasn't free. This wasn't no, I made it through high school and ended. I had to pay to go to college. I have student loans I have to pay for. So I'm trying to get this career that can help me pay my student loans off and still survive in life. But I'm being held back because of what I look like. I'm just going to be honest. So, you know, experiences of going for, even when I was able to get interviews, making it through the third um, round of interviews and it being between me and one other person that's completely opposite of me, white, male, young, no college degree, but they get the position. Yeah, I've been in that area. Um, So, the disparities of yes being a minority woman and then the other one with being a minority woman with a degree um what kept you going like what i know the deter factor because for me whenever i was um working at this one certain job like i was trying to get this position and it was like oh, well, you don't have enough experience. But some people came in after me that I had more experience with and they handed them the job. And then that was the increase in money. And I was like, hold on, I've been here longer than this person and I can run this whole area by myself. I I became discouraged and I I became um, spiteful. So um, what made you as uh, a African-American woman keep fighting for that position? Like keep um, yeah. instead of giving up. So don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? We're human, you know, try training somebody and, and to come into the same position as you. And then they end up getting the promotion when it comes open. Um, we're human. So, you know, I, I, I did get to those moments where I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm upset. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm giving you my all, why am I going to come up in here and clock in and give you all of me when you're not appreciating what I'm giving to you? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I got to my moments where, you know, I was falling back, as we like to say. And then when you do that and you and you're the um, you outperform your team, your manager looks to you to do that because now you don't stop giving your all. Now they're on the chopping block because now their team's performance done went down because the person that was making sure that was happening didn't feel appreciated and stopped doing all that they could do and go and over and beyond. So that leads to, you know, extra meeting was what's going on. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're, you're not doing your job anymore. No, I'm doing my job. I'm just not doing more than what I need to do. Right. Right. I, I'm doing what you pay me to do. So what kept me going though, to be honest, and, and, and you know this, I'm sure you're going to be able to relate to this in some point, you know, being born and raised in church, yes. having God-fearing parents, you know, teaching you how to pray, mm-hmm. teaching you to keep God first, because without that, it's so many things in life I would not have gotten through if I didn't know who God was. Yes. yes. So sometimes I had to take a step back and honestly get up and walk away from my desk and go on a walk 
and pray and listen to my God, you know, listen to that gospel music right. to get my spirits back where it needed to be because I refused to let the devil win. Hmm. And I refused to let an outside influence that didn't have nothing to do with my life that wasn't going to make sure I was happy, right. that wasn't going to make sure I had the finances to be where I wanted to be in life, influence, you know, my decisions and how I felt, influence my emotions. So that's how I was able to gain control and keep moving forward is keeping God first. Because if I didn't, they would have consumed my life and I would probably still be stuck somewhere miserable. Right, right. I, I remember our, our grandmother used to tell us they used to go into their prayer closets and then, yeah. um, the my my big mama, she oh that woman, I wish she was still alive because her stories that she used to tell us and how she used to go out there and work two or three jobs to make sure, you know, the family was fed and you know, everything else and that that's why the working women like yourself and other many other women, I always give props to because yes, you're married. Yes, you do have a two-year-old now, right? She's soon to be two, yes. Yes, and doing the the job plus your uh, startup business and you know, still taking care of the house you all don't get enough, you know, due respect. And that's why I, I wanted this podcast series to be about women, because a lot of times you all get put on the back burner and looked at like, oh, that's what she's supposed to do. No, no, I, this is a new generation. This is a new era. Uh, women need more respect given, whether it's in the job field, at home, while you're out. And, you know, that's something else. Like, Whenever you are wearing your job area, how did you feel like you being treated compared to your male counterpart? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Um, how can I put this? Um, just be blunt about it. Just. Um, basically treated like, you know, unappreciated and that it's, it's not your place to be here anyway. You know, that's still that mindset of the world. Like, even though the world has opened up to where women are working and like you just named a million other hats that we have on our heads, you know, taking care of the house, you know, hubby, children, other family members and things like that. They, in their mind, a workplace is still not where women should be. So when we do come up in there, we have to work a million times harder to get that respect. Right. And right. then as a woman, let's not, we're not even talking about race. As a woman, we have to work that hard, that much harder to get there. And right. then when you are a woman of my uh, of minority, it's even harder. Well, what? It, it's, it's way harder. So women versus men, it's always, you know, the man should be working because the man should be the breadwinner. When you have a woman that's coming in and showing that she's more knowledgeable in a position that a man is, you know, that's a slap in the face. Right, right. Well, um, I know I ran across someone. This is a woman. And uh, uh a woman, uh, a, a woman of color, and she was like, I'm tired of hearing about, you know, black women not being able to 
make X amount of money or um, they're not paid equally as a male because the male is doing majority and all the work. How, what, what, what would your response be to that? Because my response was like, what are you smoking? Because <laughs> it, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. So do you feel like you being an African-American woman and going in and grinding and grinding harder than the males, but the males get paid more than you? It, how does that become like a disparity towards you to like be like, so you're saying that I'm only worth 10 cents and he's worth like a thousand dollars. I mean, what kind of mind state are you putting in then? Um, I've always, I ain't gonna say I've always thought differently, but you know, I accept things. Now, I don't like to use the word accept. I acknowledge. Let me use that word. I acknowledge the past, you know, what we've come from as a nation, where we're going and where we're at right now, that things have changed with a grain of salt as time has passed. And the reason why I say that is men have always been in the workforce. So their salaries and stuff were set for them being men. Okay, so we we fought for women's, you know, equality for us to start working. We start working and it goes back to me stating, and this is how I feel, that because they feel like the workplace was not a place for women, okay, we're going to satisfy them and let them work, but we're not going to pay them what the man makes because no matter what, you know, because he's supposed to be the breadwinner. Mm. It's like we can't take away the power and the meaning of what the man was put here to be, the provider, because then where does that leave man if women are out here outworking men and making more? Where does that leave man? Mm. And um, so just to say this as well, like I can't control nobody but myself. You can't change things by yourself. You can't change laws. You can't change what a company is deciding to pay one person, whether it's their race or gender versus you. So what I've always done is I've never accepted what the job offer was for the pay. I've always negotiated. I've always sent an account an offer because I know my worth. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, no right? right? Right. And then I have the choice to accept it or leave it alone. Because the reality is men do make more money and we got to say the majority because there are some women out there that are CEOs of companies. They might not be making as much as the male CEO was or whoever was prior to, but there are women who grinded as hard as they could to get somewhere. And I just feel like women who do that, they don't sit down and, and, and harp over the what is, but what can I do to make my situation better? Right. that helps you get past it because you're still human but it's what you take with the information what do you take with what's being dealt with you and how do you handle that to move forward so when you're given this basket of lemons do you let the lemon sit there and sour or do you make it into something else mm. I, I like that analogy that that's a good analogy um so with that um you starting your business you say you're um doing insurance um do you find that easy to you know 
be in that position to kind of inform and, and bring people to purchase insurance? Do you or do you think people look at you like, uh, <laughs> what what can she really do for me? That you know, Fidelity or you know, uh, State Farm or somebody like that can't do. Um, do you ever run into like disparities of that nature? No matter, I do, and I'm only gonna. And let me say this: I do, but who doesn't? When it comes to a business, whether it's a huge corporation or someone like me who's trying to start their own there's always going to be obstacles that you have to overcome, but you have to have that tough skin to, to overcome it and not let it defeat you because the, the moment you, you have, you're into your feelings, as I like to say, and, and you let that defeat you, you are either going to stop trying to fight for what you stated you want it, or you're going to persevere and you're going to figure out a way to get past it. So, you know, being in the insurance industry and right now specifically, I do life and final expense. When I was working for the large corporation, I did property um, and casualty, which is auto and, and home, my renters, um, boats, motorcycles, you name it. And I also did claims. That's, you know, that's different. When you start talking about life, that becomes an obstacle in itself because that's that's life insurance is something no one wants to talk about because no one wants to talk about losing someone that they love so much, losing someone that they get to, you know, hug or talk to on a daily basis. No one wants to sit down and have that conversation. So that alone makes it challenging because now you have to get the person to understand and see why it's important to have because the same way you love that person and don't want to have that conversation, now you're going to be forced to have that conversation or you and some family going to have to talk about it once that person has passed on. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, you have to, you know, talk to a person, make them see the benefits of it and why it needs to be talked about now, because it's sad. So many families are stuck when someone has passed on trying to figure out how we're going to bury them. Everybody has witnessed GoFundMe accounts. And I don't say that to say anything bad about families, but that comes from not planning. That comes from that fear of not wanting to have that conversation. Right, um, right. So, you know, to keep that from happening to your family and for them to have to be left with that burden of trying to figure out how to bury you when they should be able to grieve and sit down and reminisce about your memories or the times you would make them laugh, they're now probably arguing and fighting because who's going to pay for it? Right. So it, it obstacles are there, but I love it because I, I've always, God put me on this earth to help people. Right. And I know my purpose. Oh. And oh. so with life insurance, I'm able to educate and help families. And there's nothing more exciting now that I've finally stepped out on faith and, and started my agency that makes me more satisfied. Not any job that I've ever done has made me feel the way I feel every day waking up. The joy that I have to know that I'm going to be out here helping at least one family today with something that they, they, that they need. Right. So I know um, some women are going to hear this and young ladies are going to be like, so how much money well we don't have to talk about how much money you make it but <laughs> everybody thinks it's like a quick like boom 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 you're gonna quick flip this and flip that and you're gonna be living this lavish lifestyle when you right. first started your business 
I know there was like times you probably was like, oh my God, did, did I really need to do this? Did I, you know, should I quit my job and started this? And, you know, where's, where's the money that I thought I was going to make? Um, what was your experience in start your own business and, and that whole aspect? Um, honestly, for me, my experience has been awesome. And that just goes back to me saying who I keep first and foremost in my life. And that's God. Um, my down fall is that or what I don't like is that I just didn't step out on faith and do it sooner. You know, right. so if I could do this again, I would have I would have just done this out of college, to be honest. Um, the question of, oh, you know, should I quit my job? That's not came across my mind because. I, I prayed about it and I knew it was time. Um, actually, I worked up until two days before I had my daughter. And before leaving, I, I knew I wasn't coming back. Nobody believed me because people get stuck in that corporate mindset. Oh, she just talking. People say that all the time. No, I'm not coming back. Really? And I did not go back. Um, and I decided, like, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on my family because as much as I'm giving to some corporation out here to help them still be successful and, and do this groundwork, I can do that for myself. And in a couple of years, get my family financially stable and have a legacy left to leave behind to, to, to my children. Right. So that's never been a question because I'm willing to put in the working hours and, and the mistakes and overcome the obstacles to get what I deserve as a mother and a wife and a human on this earth um, and for my family um, to be able to build something to leave behind to them. Um, is it easy? No, it's a lot of work. Is it worth it? Yes. Um, it, it doesn't, it didn't cost me a lot of money. Like I didn't need $10,000 to start my own agency. And I'm going to say that because there are women out here who do have their own agency specifically through franchises. And when I say franchises, they have like an all state agency or a state farm agency. That's a different process to get into because mm -hmm. you already getting into a name brand. So that, you know, there are expenses that come with that. Um, when you're starting something on your own, um, quote unquote, brokering yourself, meaning you're becoming um, appointed with different insurance companies to sell their products. It's, it's a different process you go through. Um, there are smaller expenses with it. So, you know, don't just go out here just to start a business just because you want to be an entrepreneur. Find your passion. And that's what you need to focus on to start a business in because then you will never work another day in your life. Every day you wake up, you're happy and you're excited because you're going to do something that you love to do and not doing something that you're kind of forced to do because you have bills to pay, if that right. makes sense. It's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know um, several women, because, uh, you know, I, I do basketball training and um, personal physical training and some of the women I meet, they're like, oh, Lavar, um, I, with the way things are going now, I don't think it's going to be successful. And, you know, I don't uh, blah, blah, blah. Like they have a million and one excuses. What would you say to those women? Like what, what would be your kind of motivational pep talk speech to them to just, 
I know we we talk about stepping out of faith and, and yeah. praying and believing, but what to those who possibly don't have that that belief in prayer and you know this they're always second guessing themselves. What would you say to them? Speak and stay. Speak and stay. I like that. I like that. And I actually got that from my mentor, my upline. Um, you can't do anything in life by yourself, no matter how, you know, independent you are, strong will, strong mind, oh, I don't need anybody. That's, let's just keep it honest. That's a lie. You know, to, to be successful in life, you need a team of people that's going to let you, help you get there. You need a support system. Um, when you find what your niche is or what you like, go find somebody who is successful in it. Someone who's already, you know, started from the ground up and got there and asked them to mentor you. Because no, no, that's the best gift that you can actually give to yourself if you really want to be successful and you know what it is that you want to do. Find your mentor and listen to them. Don't listen to yourself. Listening to yourself gets you set back. Listening to yourself makes you stagnant because if you're trying to get into something, of course, you've never done it before. So how are you going to coach yourself through it? Right, right. So, so you know, believe in yourself and find a, a mentor that's going to help you get through it. Somebody that can also minimize your mistakes and your obstacles so you can become more successful faster than they did because you have a blueprint now. Mm-hmm. So what I'm kind of hearing is surround yourself with like-minded people, people who uh, inspire you and, and, you know, not criticize or say, oh, that's, that's crazy. But once they will kind of uplift you and, you know, walk with you through the journey. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now, one thing I don't like <laughs> to say sometimes <laughs> is like-minded because if you're somebody who's giving yourself a million excuses, then the people that's around you are going to help confirm your excuses. Right. You know, so, so yeah, but keep yourself with positive people, people that's successful, people that's going to motivate you, people that's been there and done that, to be honest. And don't look for somebody who's a, a yes person. Everybody right. wants to find that mentor that they know is not going to tell them no. Right. No, you need somebody who's willing to be 100% honest with you. So if you did something wrong, you need to be open and want someone who's going to tell you where you messed up at. Right. You want, right. you want someone who's going to hold you accountable. Like, this is what you said you wanted, but right now you're not doing what it takes. So, you know, what do we need to do? Because right now what you're doing, you're not going to make it. You need right. one of those mentors, somebody who's going to hold you accountable and get you there. If that's really what you want. Excuses. I, I say excuses is just the way to kind of, you know, hide behind your fear. And everybody's scared. Let me say that everybody's fearful. Right. Everybody's scared. And you have to overcome that fear. But don't let your excuses be the reason why you're still not going forward. Because you can, it's easy to come up with excuses every moment of the day. Oh, well, my, my dad called me and said he ran out of sugar. So I can't go do it right now because I'm about to go to the store for daddy. That sugar can wait. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So excuses like that. And I use that as an example because it, it's small things like that that we try to make it a bit priority just to keep from doing what you know you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, stop hiding behind your fear and just go for it. Find yeah. somebody who's willing to take that step with you because it's going to be easier. Right, right. And uh, I'm I'm guilty of that, too, because um, I was thinking about starting this podcast like two years ago. <laughs> 
And I kept saying, oh, well, I don't have a microphone. Oh, I don't have a computer. Oh, I don't have this. But I was out here doing my trainings and making all this money, but I was spending money on unnecessary things like going out to eat, trying to keep up with the Joneses and, you know, the other things. So um, I, I like where you you stated, you know, you, you got to stop making excuses. You got to um, step out there and just do it because just like in the workforce, you go and ask for that raise, what's the worst thing they can say is no. Right. Have discipline. You just said it. You you go to work every day and you ask for the, the raise, what's the worst they're going to say is no. So take that same mentality and give it to yourself. That's what we do for other people that we don't want to do for ourselves. When you're working for a corporation, let's use the typical nine to five. You, you rush to make sure you work on time every day, nine o'clock. You, you clocking in. You, you doing everything that you're supposed to do to, for them. If you put that same energy in yourself, look how much better you're going to be happier and you're going to be much, you're going to be more successful because you're not locked in at a set salary that you can only get a max of a 3% raise each year. Right. Your 3% can happen in the first two weeks of you starting your business. If you, if you put all that in there, you only get out what you put in. So the, one of the things that people fail at when they're starting their own businesses, they don't give their own business everything that they gave to a corporation. Why? You're not worth that? You start a business, you're not even opening up your business at nine o'clock and giving it the full day on eight hours or more. You want to open your business at 11 o'clock and then stop it too. But you want to have $10,000 in your bank account from doing it. That's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't hear the excuses now. Well, I, I just don't I, I, I don't have anybody to blah blah blah, but you gotta get out there and hustle and grind. You you, you can't just sit back um and, and wait for that that handout, you know, that um once again, I, I know this isn't about me, but Whenever I was starting my trainings, I was like, I had one or two people, and I was like, oh, this is going to go as I, I want. And then the more I got out there, and I was kind of like, people were seeing the increase in the talent of the kids, you know, they started bringing more and more kids, like more and more kids started coming to me, and my business took off. That's the same mind state in, in starting your own business, right? Kind of show right. yourself approved, as, as we say in the Bible in, in church, uh, to God, you know, show yourself approved because people are not just going to bring their business to you and just be like, here, here's my money, boom, you know. Right, a lot of different things go with that. They're 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 not, and you know, when you do start getting customers, you you have to make sure you have great customer service. Your product, whatever your product is, like you is training. You know, with, with me, it's the, you know, insurance. Some people, it's food. Who owns restaurants? You have to make sure your product is a great product and your customer service is great because then that's how your business gets out there and gets going because word of mouth. When people are satisfied, they're going to continue to do business with you. When people are satisfied, they're going to give you that free marketing, which is word of mouth. So, you know, take care of your business like you're the consumer to yourself. You treat right. people how you want to be treated as you were on that customer side. Right. And, and you doing that is going to help you, you know, very much so 
be successful and get where you need to be, you know, just be um, motivated um, and determined to just go out there and, and, and start it. Because let me say this, as far as a woman, let me speak because I am married and I do have um, daughters. I have three daughters. Um, and so they depend on me a lot to do stuff um, and to get things done as well as my parents, you know, that need stuff from me or my siblings. But that comes with knowing what's important, your priorities. Mm -hmm. um, because if I continue to give them every piece of me and I don't sit back in and give myself something so that I can make sure my family is good, we're going to go back to that word being stuck. Um, because no one can get my business off the ground because the word my is mine. I'm sorry. Yeah, so right. It's not going to go nowhere and move or accomplish anything if I'm not being able to put time into it. So sacrifices come because trust, I have a toddler that's one. It gets tough at night. I've done so much ripping and running and, you know, starting this business and making sure I meet my clients. I'm tired when I put my daughter down at nine o'clock. But because I have goals and I have a vision of where I want to see myself in five years, I have to stay up. I have to read. I have to then get myself prepared for the next day. Do I want to close my eyes? And sometimes my eyes close and I don't want it to. And I have to get up and walk around and say, no, I got to give myself an hour in this. You have to find a way to get around your excuses and find a way to get around um, being tired, you have to push and, you know, reading is essential because if you read about people who have become successful and got things in life that they wanted, you're going to, you're going to read and hear about a lot of sacrifices that were made. And if you're not willing to sacrifice, your success is, is, is going to be far, far away from you obtaining them because you have to be willing to sacrifice to, to, to get better in life, to get comfortable in life, to where, if you don't want to work, you don't have to. So what are you willing to, to do to get to that point? So um, do you have any books of motivation that's um, kind of help motivate you and keep you motivated that you can recommend to, um, you know, a young lady young, um, or a young woman to a grown woman that's wanting to start their own business or needs motivation to, to stay, you know, Focus. Do you have any books that you've read that you can recommend? Well, the books that I've been focusing on reading is in my field, you know, the insurance field. So everything that I've been reading and focusing on is within that insurance field. So off the top of my head, just a regular motivational book, I, I don't have one. Um, on the top of my head, but I can say that there are a few books out there that are like um, motivational books that are from different people that's like um, millionaire books, uh, you know, 10 Steps to Become a Millionaire, What I Did to Become a Millionaire. Um, you know, books like that have a lot of inspirational stuff because they they just they go from the beginning to the end of how, you know, either they didn't have nothing or, you know, their failures and how they overcame them, what they did. Um, just reading it because a lot of them uh, uh, tell you, like, I became a part of the 6AM club. And some people are like, what's that? They made it up in their mind that every morning, no matter what, they was going to wake up at 6AM and start their day. Uh -huh. They didn't end until the sun went down. 
They was always doing something in their field or speaking to someone um, to make sure that their business was going to always be going. They was always trying to make connections. So I say, even though I don't have a book right off the top of my head, um, as far as motivational that way, because I speak on insurance, just find inspirational stuff to listen to. YouTube is good by, you know, having people that's just being inspiration and motivational speakers. Keep that in your in, in your um, repertoire. Keep that in a daily routine. Um, make up your mind to start reading at least 30 minutes a day. Wake up. Let the first thing be you, you open up your book and read. And I don't say, I don't want to, I say wake up and do it because when you've already had a long day starting to read a book, you're going to doze off. Right. So start your day with reading 30 minutes. Start your day reading 30 minutes. While you're on your way to whether you're still working a nine to five and you're still trying to make up your mind if you want to step out and start your own business, don't listen to Power 98. Don't listen to the, the radio, the, the, the hit music. Turn on something motivational. It does something different to your spirit. It, it gives you that drive and that oomph that you need. It's like, I can do this. Because when you keep positive things going in your mind, your mind has no choice but to think positive. But when you feed in dirt and negativity to your mind, you're going to stay negative. Mm, say so, that so, again. That, so that's... change, yeah, so change the things you do. Change the things that you let come within your body. And when I say that this listening, things that you hear consumes your body. It goes in. You want to feed your brain with, with positive things so that you can stay positive. Right, right. And, and I always tell um, people, you you got to watch who you surround yourself because like you said earlier, some people, they, they get jealous of seeing you being successful. They, they Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And will do everything in their power to keep you from doing it, meaning they're going to come up and, and feed you so much in your ear to try to stop you from doing it because they see that you can do it and they don't right. want to see you be successful because they themselves ain't trying to do it. Right, right. So, yeah, be careful who you surround yourself with. Yes. So the kind of recap back to everything. Um, the the biggest thing that we said was step out. You know, step out, trust in yourself. Um, believe that the more that you put into it, the more that you grind, the better successful, whether it's your own business, whether it's in your own on life that you're going to achieve whatever goal that you're going to going to set forth, right? Right. I, I like that. I like that. So, um, uh, back to your business. If someone's like, well, I, I've thought about you know life insurance, and I thought about you know things that that. I may need, but I don't really want to think about how would they be able to get in touch with you as far as, um, you know, possibly getting some more information or even, you know, um, going through you to, to purchase life insurance. Um, to get in contact with me, I'm about to blow you guys' mind. I know y'all are probably used to people sending out their, their Instagram and stuff like that. I've I'm recently have gotten into Facebook because I've never been um, a social media type person. Um, I'm getting into it because it is a great marketing tool for business owners. So I will get that eventually, but now I do not have it. But 
you can reach me on Facebook. It's my first name, S-H-E-E-N-A, last name, M-C-L-E-O-D, Sheena McLeod. Or you can call me, 704-273-2623. Or you can shoot me an email as well. Um, my email, however, is shaw, S-H-A-W, dot Sheena, S-H-E-E-N-A, 84 at gmail.com. Okay. And, and that's how you can reach me. Um, um, look, I'm hiring. I can coach. I can train and teach you to have your own business. And I'm helping families with final expense and life insurance as well. No one gets turned down no matter what their um, medical condition is. Um, so I know some people have just stopped trying, especially older um, generations, because of their health. And they've tried and insurance companies have turned them down. So I am appointed with an insurance company that does not um, turn people down no matter what their um medical situation might be, whether it was a recent diagnosis with cancer, COVID-19, because a lot of insurance companies now are, are denying people for um, who had COVID, um, whether you have HIV or AIDS, um, COPD, heart failure, you name it, um, incarcerated. If someone in your family is incarcerated, you don't have coverage on them, we can get them coverage as well. So just know that I am able to help um, all families, no matter what your situation is. Um, so just reach out to me. And if you're interested in employment, reach out to me as well. Um, and the last thing I just really want to say to um, my beautiful ladies and queens out there is be brave, bold, and fearless. Oh, that I love that. I love that. And the information that she just spoke, um, I'll make sure I put it in the description bar. Um, so if anyone wants to reach out, um, you can as well. Um, I want to thank Ms. Sheena McLeod. I'm still used to getting the, to that name because I, I know you forever, Sheena. Sheena Shaw, my cousin. Shaw, yes, everybody <laughs> still says it. I'm like, look, I'm a McLeod now. I'm always going to be a Shaw, but I did get married. And respectively, I took my husband's last name. So, yes. Eyes are married now. Eyes <laughs> are married now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and I know you said you're going to put the information I just said in the link. I'll send you the name of a book as well. Because okay. um, there was one that I actually read when I was um, not important with myself. I read this book about twice, about three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm going to get the name um, no and I'll send it to you so you can put in the link as well. Okay. Okay. Once again, thank you, big well, little cuz. Um, <laughs> I'm so so happy for you. Um, I know a couple times during family reunion, I was like, "Where is she at? This girl is don't never come." But every time I seen you, you came and brightened my day. You even, you know, you you held yourself as a woman, and you talked to us grown as a young lady. And I was like, "Hold on." <laughs> this young lady talking like she in her 40s or 50s she's speaking life and speaking knowledge and I, I once again want to say I'm, I'm grateful that you're my cousin and I'm, I'm loving your success and you know only way up now is just to the top because God's got a blessing for you and I, I see it and I hear it and you know we got to learn not only as a society, but with each other, we got to learn how to lift each other up. And we have too much negativity and 
you know, tearing down that it's crazy and ridiculous. Yes, it is. And I, I thank God for um, you as well and, and being a, a loving family member. Um, and I appreciate you inviting me to your podcast to be able to speak to um, other women and motivate them and hopefully be, you know, a testimony to, to put that fire under their feet, to have them move and, and go forth and um, accomplish goals that they have um, themselves. You know, it's never crowded at the top. Everybody can be successful. You're not born to, to poverty. You're not born to stay where you're at. Um, as long as you're willing to put the work in, you can get out of life what you put in it. Um, so I'll meet everybody at the top. Oh, on that note, I'm done. Corner Stoop family, thank you for joining us. And I want to thank Ms. Shane, Sheena McLeod. Thank you.